Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. If you'd like to know more about the show and have an idea of kind of what's going on and where we're at in the world, visit our website where we are currently working on an online campaign guide, which you can find at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you would like to join the show or become a sponsor and help us make this podcast better, visit our Patreon account. Just search for The Adventuring Guild or our website to find a link. And by subscribing and helping us out, you can not only join our Discord to hear our episodes live, you can also become a member of the show, get some awesome merch, and represent the Guild. So thank you very much, and on with the show. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. I will be running a game with Virgil, uh, Thorun here, as he jumped through the portal to go visit the Fire Isles and Talonarth in specific. So we will go ahead and start there. Uh, what would you do upon jumping through the portal? You would have landed basically uh, wherever there would be kind of a center of any kind of magic, uh, like... Uh, I don't know, wherever there would be a, con- a large concentration of magic, like a mage's hall or or a scrying pool or something along those lines is where you would drop it or near. Okay. Um, I guess my first order of business then uh, would be to go uh, to the Soul Forge okay. and uh, talk with them a little bit and uh, let them know that I'm back and the updates that... Uh, have come to be since I left. Okay. Uh, so you head over to where the leaders of the Soul Forge would be. Um, would there be a council, or how would the Soul Forge be ruled? It's pretty much a council. Um, there's uh, the the Grand Master, essentially. Um, but then uh, there it that Grand Master is kind of in charge. And then there's a council of... Uh, maybe four or five other like masters essentially elders of the group that would make up the council alright so would you have told whatever guard individual that you saw first upon arriving to summon the council or would you just head straight to the council chambers and yell to summon them once you get there Uh, I just kind of show up and see if they're busy and just tell them that I have business with uh, the council if they're available to meet you get there, and the council is already in session. Not a formal meeting, but the council members are all there, and they seem to be in some sort of heated discussion. Uh, there's a lot of yelling, which isn't that uncommon for dwarves, but uh, this seems to be more pointed uh, than the usual bluster that comes with dwarven clan feuds. Okay. Would you wait outside the audience chamber, or would you walk in and try and get their attention? I'd just wait. Go ahead and roll me a perception check, then. That is... 
is a 15. All right, with a 15, uh, you hear that they are in a heated discussion regarding people disappearing and whatnot, and you hear one of the councilmen or clan elders or something along those lines saying, It isn't like the Soul Forge to just disappear. I know that many of us go on our pilgrimages and, and bring down foes that are causing havoc amongst the outlying clans, but it's not like one of the rune chests to just disappear off the face of Arcadia. I know that they are a, a treasure hunting lot and are known to dig, dive deeper into some of the other tunnels in search of lost artifacts, but they always send back word or leave notes or messages as to where they are going. Uh, I do not know why one of them would just disappear out of nowhere. And then you see the you hear the responses back about uh, potential foes that it could have been. You know, maybe there's uh, illithids or whatnot further down in the tunnels, and he was captured, or uh, maybe he ran into uh, a purple worm or a worm nest or something along those lines. You know, you just hear there's yelling back and forth, uh, and it doesn't seem like it's going to come to a halt anytime soon. Uh, do you want to interrupt them since you're here on kind of similar circumstances, or do you want to uh, leave a message with one of the guards to have them talk to you later? I would uh, pound on the door, but I wouldn't enter. I'd wait for them to say something. Alright, you pound on the door once, and they're still yelling, and so you pound on the door a second time a little bit louder, and they, they stop their conversation abruptly and uh, come to the doors of the council chamber and open them for you and say... What is it that we can do for you, Master Bronzebeard? I'm here to report in on some uh, strange occurrences that have been happening in Port City and from what I've heard, other areas around uh, Arcadia. What is the strange occurrences? We don't have time for anything, uh, for any minor dealings with the rest of the world. We're currently dealing with one of the soul forts that has gone dis- uh, that has gone missing here, one of the rune chests strange. It's the exact same thing that I've come to uh, report in on is strange disappearances. Alright, you see everybody at that point kind of stands up from the map of the tunnels that they had, uh, that they were leaning over. The one that answered the door gestures you in and says, then come in quickly. Tell us what you know. Uh, Very well. And so I enter the room. Alright. We don't have to roleplay the whole thing if you want. We can just say that you told them everything that happened. They asked general questions about, um, well, what do what you know? How did they disappear? Did anybody see it happen? Uh, how often did it happen? Who was taken? Those kind of things. Um, and I'm assuming you would reply in kind that you know they just disappeared. Uh, your friend Aura disappeared in a spherical portal. Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, I talk about how we went and investigated all the people that they were all figures that were very talented or exceptional in their field. And then, as far as witnesses, I witnessed it firsthand in a conflict that arose with a portal that appeared. Um, I witnessed one of the disappearances firsthand. Yes, the, the rune chest boy that disappeared, uh, he, he was known to have not only mastered many of the same techniques that you have, but he could also summon a blade from thin air, uh, almost as if he had, almost like some of the warlocks can do. Though he definitely was an, an exceptional uh, clansman. Uh, that that would make a lot of sense as to why he would have been the one that would have been chosen to disappear. They tell you to, after you have done what you can to resupply and gather your strength here, return to Port City and do what you can well, do what you can there in order to assist uh, Port City so that maybe if enough people there are able to identify the cause and figure out what's going on, you can bring it back here and we can find the room chest boy. I can do that. 
I have one other question about God Beasts, Kegar. We learned some... We're not sure if it has something to do with it, but uh, during our investigation, uh, that uh, God Beast came up. I didn't know if... Uh, or anyone in Talonart might know creature and what it does. Alright, they uh, kind of look at each other and they say, uh, Kangor was brought down and, and restrained uh, centuries ago. Uh, so your best bet would be to check the archives. M- most of our folk were only minimally involved with that affair as it took place in the Kang Islands. But uh, you may be able to find something within the archives. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Alright, so then... Um, would you take your leave then, or would you question them anymore? Uh, if they don't have anything else for me, uh, I would just give a really deep bow and then uh, go about the rest of my business. Okay, they all return the bow with a lesser degree, uh, you know, equal to the station, and uh, you are able to depart. Where would you like to head from there? I would like to stop at uh, the clan home of Bronzebeard. Uh, and visit family real quick. Okay. So as you're walking through Talonarth, away from where the Soul Forged Hall or whatever it would be is, um, you uh, notice that many of the people within Talonarth appear to be a little bit more on edge than normal. Uh, the children that are playing in the streets are, are being a little bit more watchful, a little bit more cautious. Uh, you notice that many of the other homes of the, you know, uh, outside, not outside, the more distantly related families um, are, you know, they aren't as welcoming as open. Uh, people aren't just hanging out and, and chatting in the streets. If people are talking, it's within a home with the doors closed kind of a thing. Um, so it is a more tense atmosphere than you're used to. You managed to get back to your uh, clan home and let's see here. Go ahead and roll me a d20. Four. A four. As you approach your clan home, uh, you notice that those within the, I guess, outside guard or whatever, whoever would be kind of the the door person for the Bronzebeard uh, family uh, clan home or whatever it would be, uh, definitely looks at you with a little bit of, of not suspicion, but looks at you almost as if they're cautious of your return. I wouldn't say anything. I just kind of nod my head in uh, acknowledgement of their presence and just keep going. All right. As you enter in, uh, you see the the front door person kind of takes a step back as you enter into the uh, the doors or whatever, you know, kind of putting a little bit of a step, you know, an extra little bit of distance between you and them. Uh, you enter into the clan home, where would you go from there? Straight to the head of the family, or would you go to your rooms, or would you search uh, around? What would you do? Uh, I'd look for... I'd go to the patriarch of the family. You make your way up to the patriarch of the family, who doesn't treat you any differently. Uh, you can tell that he's a bit more um, weary, I guess. Uh, it looks almost as if he's aged, even though dwarves don't show age that much. Uh, so you can definitely get the impression that he's tired and a bit worn out. Um, but he greets you as however uh, the patriarch would normally greet you. That w- it would be my grandfather. Oh, your grandfather's the patriarch. That's right. All right, then uh, your grandfather would, uh, upon seeing you enter, would stand up 
with arms open uh, and uh, clasp you uh, in a big hug and say, Thorun, my boy, it's great to see you back here. How how has your time in Port City been? <laughs> it's been different uh, than here. How are I, you holding up? I imagine it has been. You never know what you what those softer races uh, have about them. But I'm glad to see you didn't come back dressed like an elf in leathers. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a tough one for us here too. I'm sure you heard by now about the rune chest boy that disappeared. Uh, yes, I just heard about it. Um, I've also noticed everyone on edge, or everyone in uh, the city is on edge. Is that due to this disappearance? We're not exactly sure. There's rumors going around that there could be some foul play in an attempted coup uh, to drop the family, the seven families down to six, much like happened to... Do, do you guys speak about the clan that was exiled, or is it one of those where they're, like, erased from history? Uh, it's there, but no one really... I, it's one of those they know about it, but it's kind of a hush-hush kind of thing. I mean, it's... Everyone knows it happened, but... Yeah. And how many years ago would that have happened, roughly? Uh, it would have been about sixty-six, about about sixty some years ago. Okay. So then he would say, um, they're talking about you know, there's rumors that there might be a coup attempted to bring the the seven families down to six, uh, kind of like what happened with that that funny business sixty so years ago. Interesting. Uh. Is there any mention about which family they're trying to take down? Right now, with the rune chest boy disappeared, they're they're thinking it might be that family that's the next target, which doesn't make sense. They've got quite a haul of treasure, of course, being as the the they are primarily a treasure hunting uh, type family. But I don't I don't see why anybody would have uh, tried to go after them unless it's for their wealth. Now, they don't really have any enemies or make any real alliances. That's strange. It really is. So what what brings you back, my boy? Came back for a couple things. Uh, some soul-forged business. Uh, these disappearances, uh, like the rune chest boy, um, they have not been just here. They've been happening all over uh, Arcadia. In fact, I witnessed one myself. Uh, one of our allies uh, was taken. I don't know if she was chosen to be taken, but uh, she fought with honor and respect, she gave up everything to uh, save us. So, in fact, I owe everything because I'm here right now. Then come sit, sit over a mug and we'll tell me, tell me this story. I'm sure you've already uh, told your masters back at the Soul Forge. So fill in your family as to what has happened. Uh, I'd basically repeat the exact same thing uh, what right. I told the masters, except for over a gla- over a, a pint of beer or something like that. All right, yeah, you're you able to sit. I believe at this point it would be getting close to supper time, I think, because you left middle of the day. Yeah, the- everyone was going to go to Hamich's, and That's I decided right. to just uh, take a quick trip to Tallinnart. All right, so then uh, over lunch or whatever, uh, you know, bread and uh, uh, different kinds of meats and whatnot are brought out, and you guys are able to eat in your grandfather's study or, or whatever kind of private room would be off of the the main receiving type area. Um, so you're able to sit there and, and uh, tell him the story, and he is deeply concerned by it, but uh, really doesn't know what to do. He just uh, shakes his head and and basically just says he doesn't know what's going on with all of this magic business, but something big is happening. I can feel it in my bones. And that's about 
all that he really has to say about. Okay. I'd ask him if uh, he knows of anyone by the name of Belnir. He, he kind of scratches his beard and tugs on it a little bit, and he's like, Belnir, Belnir. I know the name, but I can't say that I know what happened to him. He's an odd one, uh, takes no clan name, but uh, he, I do remember seeing him uh, when you were first inducted into the Soul Forge, but it has been been a decade or so since that happened. And I have had very little dealings with him since. I see. Uh, I ran into him at Port City the other day, about a week or so ago. And he mentioned uh, rumors about things going around here, such as uh, being an actual Bronzebeard. And I was going to ask if uh, you knew anything. Am I actually a Bronzebeard, or are these just more political games to... uh, uh, such as with this rune chest boy, the political struggles that always happen. All right, you see his dark red beard. Uh, his face gets darker than his dark red beard. And he's like, you're a bronze beard if I ever saw one. As a matter of fact, I was right there when you were born. I was the first one to hold you after your mama. It's, you're a bronze beard if I ever knew one. By my own flesh and blood. I just nod my head and say, I, that's what I believed, but, uh, again, I just wanted to know straight from the, uh, straight from the source. Alright, and, and go ahead and roll me an insight check when, uh, he shouted in anger. That is a 12. A 12? You know your grandfather has the typical dwarven temper, and he gets riled and, you know, kind of works up like a, like a steam engine, but this was just a... Boom, instant, bam, anger, shouting. Now, this was very uncharacteristic anger from your uh, grandfather. Interesting. Okay, um, I wouldn't say anything if he got that angry that quick. I'd just kind of leave it, let it mull around in my head for a little bit. All right. Uh, would you take your leave then, or would you sit here and just chat with your grandfather for a while? Uh, I'd probably sit and chat with my grandfather a little bit, uh, talk about some blacksmithing stuff. Uh, that I've been working on and uh, things like that. Okay. Um, after chatting with him for a while, he, he's, you know, talking about some of the smithing as well. You can see he's kind of clinching his, his smithing hand, uh, or his hammering hand, um, a bit. You can tell that the arthritis, the stiff joints are kind of besetting him now. It's probably getting harder for him to forge, but uh, you guys talk amiably about it, and... Uh, Towards the end of the conversation, when it's getting to be dusk and, and uh, you know, your grandfather goes to bed early and rises very early, uh, the last thing he says before kind of dismissing you, unless you have anything else important to add or ask. Nope, not really. All right. He says, just watch yourself, my boy. There's a lot of strange folk around here, a lot of strange rumors going around, and nobody really feels safe around those that have left Tolinarth. They worry that something might be happening outside the city that will that will close us off from the rest of the world and fear that anybody who enters the city may be a spy. So just watch your back and make sure that, that you're keeping your nose up and, and out of other people's business. I try my best. Alright, then he would uh, dismiss you and head to his rooms for the evening. It would be late, but not super, super late. Uh, you know, 9, 10 o'clock-ish. Um, at this point in the evening. Would you do anything else before calling it a night? Uh, I might go work 
in the family forge for just a little bit. Uh, and then I'd probably call it a night and start the research at the archive first thing in the morning. Okay. Um, would the family forge be kind of open air type forge or would it be kind of behind walls, um, you know, behind like a big retaining wall around the entire estate? Uh, it would be, uh, what was the first part of that again? Like a completely open area, like just, you know, no walls really separating your view from the rest of Tolanarth, or would it be kind of, you know, behind like a privacy fence in your backyard? It would be a little bit of both. It's within the comp, the area of the home, but it still has views of, like it sits high, a little bit high up, so that you can look over and see things. Okay, then go ahead and roll me a perception check. Okay. Oh, that's a nat one. A nat one. All right, you really get into hammering and smithing and whatnot and uh, working away, and you don't really notice anything else on the outside of the forge. You know, being back in that familiar, uh, you know, that back of your familiar where you learned to blacksmith and whatnot kind of just tunnel visions you, and so you're able to hammer away until it gets to be morning. Or, I mean, until you call it a night for the night. Alrighty. All right, so then you call it a night, you wake up in the morning. What would be the first thing you do upon waking? Uh, I'd probably grab uh, some breakfasts and then make my way to uh, the archives to look up anything about the God Beast and uh, the King Islands and uh, things of that nature. All right, you head your way over to the archive and you begin sorting through the shelves and uh, you are able to find with a fair amount of searching and whatnot... Uh, four books, uh, I mean, four works on Kangor between scrolls, books, tablets, that kind of stuff. Um, you're able to find uh, stories about him, uh, what the actual battle was, and uh, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and just go with those two. Basically, you find either stories about him or the actual accounts of the battle that took place. Uh, which of those would you want to pour over first? Actual accounts. Alright, uh, you begin reading the actual accounts about Kangor, and uh, you learn that he was a powerful enough beast of destruction and legend that he actually decimated pretty much all life on the southernmost part of the continent uh, that is the Kang Islands. Uh, while he is massive in size, he does not travel very fast, so over the course of... Um, 50 or so years, he managed to basically just uh, work from the about the middle of the continent, where they first kind of find that he was, down towards the tip of the continent. Uh, and during that time, he was attacked multiple times in an attempt to stop that path of destruction. But uh, each time, more and more forces were thrown at him, more and more powerful foes, they were all rebuffed and and killed off before they were able to do any kind of lasting damage to him. They recount that every time mages would shoot him with spells, his carapace would either reflect it back at them, or if it did manage to sink in and hit him, the magic would alter the color of that carapace, and spells that were fired at him that were of the same type had absolutely no effect. Uh, You also would find out that even the most legendary of weapons couldn't find a good purchase on his hide when he was struck. And all attempts to try to put him to sleep or paralyze him or or mind control him or anything were completely in vain. 
Uh, you would find out that he was eventually brought down uh, in the town that is now known as Victory Point. And uh, Victory Point is kind of corpse, I guess, was laid to rest. And because of the remarkable regenerative abilities of Kangor, they continually have to carve off bits and pieces of him in order to keep him dead, for lack of a better term. But he is constantly regenerating. And that's Thank basically you. what you learn from those books. Alrighty. I would take them with me. Basically check these book out, books out, because I think that uh, uh, Klein and Stern or uh, Churn... I haven't met Cherno, have I? No, not yet. Okay. I, b- I would believe oh, yes, that... yes, you did. Klein... You made the uh, chains for his book, but that's the only that... interaction you've had. That's right. So I would check those books out, because I think Klein and Stern might be able to find more information than I would um, with them able to piece things together better than I would Um, and I wouldn't read the stories just yet but uh, I would take those books as well okay yeah you're able to throw those into a pack check them out Um, they ask you if you're going to leave Talonarth with them you obviously say yes Uh, they ask for five silver pieces in deposit and I'm sure you just give that to them oh yeah Alright, and then uh, you are able to check those out. As you go to exit the archive, uh, roll me another perception check. Uh, that is a 10. A 10, okay, that's actually good enough. I just needed a 10. So as you go to exit the archive, you notice that further on down in the stacks, uh, you see a very familiar singed beard, singed gray bearded old dwarf uh, that you saw in Port City. Ah. Uh, I would approach him. All right, you approach him. He seems to be pouring over a tome, uh, and it seems to be, oddly enough, about the rune, uh, rune chest family, the lineage, family histories, and that kind of stuff about the rune crest family. Pat him on the back and just say, it uh, looks like I'm not the only one who does research around here. He jumps with a start, and he's like, oh, God, if I was 50 years younger, you never would have gotten within 20 feet of me. How's it going? And he stands up and clasps your hand. Things are going uh, all right. How about yourself? Uh, I'm finding more and more troubled things uh, every day that I'm here. Uh, and he kind of, you know, he looks down at the Runecrest book and shuts it and uh, uh, says, what, what are you doing back in these parts? Uh, what sort of troubling things are you finding? I'm getting worried as to what's happening between the family. I'm hoping there's not another coup planned. Uh, I've heard rumors of that uh, very same thing. It, it is quite, quite troubling. Uh, go ahead and roll me an insight check. Uh, that is a 15. A 15. You can tell that he looks a little bit ashamed, guilty, um, like he's hiding something. You know, something isn't quite right. He's being deceitful in some way, but you aren't 100% sure about what. I can sense you're troubled. Uh, please tell me what's going on as another member of the Soul Forged. Tell me what's on your mind. He kind of looks up and around the stacks a little bit wearily, and he says, If we're going to talk about Soulforge's business, then let, let us return to the compound and, and speak there. I dare not say anything here where other ears might hear. I understand that. Uh, and then uh, we just make our way over to the Soulforge. All right. Uh, he basically uh, describes to you that he doesn't take a clan name because he has um, a less than desirable heritage, and he doesn't really specify more than that. He just leaves it as less than desirable for heritage. And um, 
he says that there's lots of of rumors about the Runecrests uh, having large hordes of treasure and all these hidden artifacts and possibly even some of the founding uh, uh, Soulforged member type runic items and artifacts. Uh, same thing with the founders of Tullinar. Some of those legendary artifacts. And um, But those rumors have been going around forever, so he's unsure as to why that may have caused them to, you know, try and disappear or try to coup the Runecrest family uh, right now, and that he's really worried about what could end up happening. He personally knows um, uh, some of the family members and whatnot of the uh, clan that was uh, that was taken out, and he doesn't wish that upon anybody. Go ahead and roll me an inch sight check with his story. That's a 22. He is 100% hiding something, especially every time he mentions that family that uh, was, you know, stricken from the books, for lack of a better term. Uh, it, he gets very uncomfortable when that topic is brought. I would push him on it just because I don't know Belnir that well. And if I work a little bit harder I or spend some time, I think I could get it out what's going on. But I don't want to I don't want to just have him shut down on me completely. Yeah, I would. I would mention I talked with uh, my grandfather, uh, uh, the patriarch of the Bronzebeards, uh, about similar things last night. All right. Would you tell him the story about Aura and all that kind of stuff, or would you still hold oh. that? Yeah, I would tell him about that. He's one of the Soul Forged. I I trust him. Okay. Well, yeah, he would probably hear about it anyway uh, later on from the uh, Soul Forged compound or whatever. Um, so yeah, you tell him about that, and he looks very, very distressed at this point, and. He looks like he's debating um, something in his his head because uh, you can see that he kind of looks down towards his own blade and uh, and and seems to be contemplating something um, for a while. Would you let him think it out, or are you gonna you know pick his brain, or what would you do? I'd let him think it out. He's obviously working through something. Okay, he he tells you to come meet him at the forge uh, here within the Soul Forge. Uh, uh, compound later on this evening after uh, everybody else has gone lights out and uh, he may have something that that could help you. Uh, Alright, I can do that. So I, I'll just kind of hang around the forge all day and uh, finish doing some uh, that research on the uh, gun blade thing. I think this would be my last day on it. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll um, go ahead and give it to you because um, you technically, when you were beating the crap out of that metal after uh, Bora disappeared or whatever, I didn't give you any points for blacksmith practice. Um, even though you were beating the crap out of something, I'm sure you would have been working a little bit on something more productive. So then, yeah, yeah. So then, with uh, the rest of the today up to this evening, this would be the last day you needed to get the gut point. Okay, I will mark that down on my thing. All right, so you're now able to craft that. I don't remember the price on it. We'll look all that. Yeah, I have it probably written down in one of my notes. Yeah, somewhere I know. I've got several pieces of yellow legal pad that have <laughs> I've torn pages out of and compiled into stacks. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah. So then you're able to get all that done. Would you stay there then uh, until evening time, or would you take a break? I would stay there till evening time. All right. Um, you're able to continue to work on that. You get the gun blade done. 
Um, one of the other members of the Soul Forge, still in training, brings you some food and whatnot at some point that you're able to kind of munch on finger food. Um, and then Belnir appears later that evening. Uh, everybody has gone to bed, obviously. It's pretty much lights out um, across the complex, but the ringing of forges is never something that really keeps Dwarf awake, uh, being as it's so common. So, you know, that's not going to bother anybody. Uh, he approaches you as you are finishing up the gunblade design, um, and he looks very intrigued by it, but you can tell that he's got something else on his mind. I would just wait for him to approach and uh, acknowledge his presence. All right, he acknowledges presence. He doesn't want to interrupt you working, so you acknowledge his presence. He kind of nods to you, and he says, This is not something that I do lightly. Uh, I am... I remain clanless uh, right now of my own volition, but there is an, an heirloom from my old clan that I am too old to take advantage of, and I have no children of my own anymore to pass this down to. If this would help your, your friend and help you to figure out what to do and how to save them, then I gladly pass it on to you. And he holds out a. Uh, a it looks like it, it looks like kind of that that core of the handle, the tang, the that bit of the blade, uh, and it looks to have been broken off at some point, as if a great amount of pressure had been applied to the flat side of the blade, and it eventually snapped uh, right kind of where the cross guard would have met the actual blade itself. Okay. He. Uh holds it out to you, uh, waiting for you to take Uh, I would uh, very graciously, kind of, uh, not ceremoniously, but, you know, take it with, uh, like, respect and whatnot. Alright, he, he says this is an item that uh, as I said, belonged to my clan uh, back when I was a member. Uh, I have another part of the fragment of this blade within my own sword. I will show you how it is used and uh, what you can do with it. I hope that it will serve you well in the future. And uh, he kind of takes you out a little ways, makes sure that it's in the training grounds, but not where anybody's really going to be able to see what's going on. And he uh, demonstrates the ability to use the cantrip sword burst from it. So you're able to, when you use the weapon um, as an action, as opposed to, you know, you doing the multiple strikes kind of a thing. Uh, So when you use it as your action, you are able to cast the sword burst uh, cantrip with that swing. Cool. All right. And he says, it must be forged into a weapon to be of any use, but I can see that it is in the capable hands of the very accomplished smith. Thank you very much. I, uh, I don't know what to say. Just remember my name, and maybe at some point you'll find out more about my clan. I bid you a good day, Master Bronzebeard. I bid you a good day as well, Belnir. And he disappears um, out of the complex. So then, what would you like to do? It would be pretty deep evening on the night of the 28th now. Um, so it, it would be probably, you know, 11 o'clock, close to midnight on the 28th. If it's that late, how long do, would it take me to... It would probably take me a while to put that tang back into my sword. Um, yeah, I would say because you are already actively working at the smith right now, the forge is already lit, you know, that kind of stuff. If you were to power through 
um, all night and all day tomorrow, you would get, take one level of exhaustion uh, on the morning of the 29th, but you would be, a, or on the morning of the, let's see, because it's midnight on the 28th, so technically it's the 29th. So the morning of the 30th, you would have one level of exhaustion, but you could incorporate it into your blade if you powered through one full day. Otherwise, you could do it in a couple of smaller chunks to incorporate. I would do it while I'm here at Tolanart, just because I'm comfortable with the forge and it means, you know, it's sentimental while I'm here and doing it. So I'll just power through it and take that exhaustion. All right, so you are powering through and you are, you know, hitting the blade and the sparks that ring out have almost a musical quality to them as you're folding that uh, that that tang that you kind of melted down, you know, and formed a smaller bar. As you kind of incorporated it into the actual metal of your own blade, uh, you can hear that resonant musical note um, as you're hammering away. And even many of the smiths within the Soul Forge um, are kind of holding back apprentices and whatnot from entering. A, you know, they're afraid that they might break your concentration, because even they can recognize that this is one of those monumental, you know, major occurrences that a smith is making a masterpiece work, and you are able to work that in. And uh, it, it definitely is a masterpiece. You can see that once you get done, you know. All the other smiths are kind of right there with, you know, they've been putting water underneath their arm and, and you know, a loaf of bread, that kind of stuff that you can easily eat while not interrupting what you're doing. And the second you get done and the blade is cooled and everything else, uh, you just kind of slump into a seat and they are able to help you to a table, get a little bit of something more substantial in your stomach and then carry you straight to your room. Uh, as you notice the, well, I guess it's underground, so the dawn sun would not be shining in your eyes, but you notice the uh, the time-telling uh, deal that you see, a uh, great pillar in the middle of Tolinark that lights up brighter as the day, you know, is mimicked up above. Um, this pillar is glowing with the first lights of what would be dawn. Okay. Um, well, if the sword is finished, then I would... Uh, pack up my stuff and take a portal to back to Port City. Alright, so then we will go ahead and break here if you want or is there anything last minute you would like to do in Port City other than get back to the fire guild? I think that's about it. Alright, you take the portal back, head back to the fighters guild, set your stuff down, inspect your new blade as the noon bells ring behind. Alright, thank you very, very much, Virgil. Uh, we will go ahead and break here. If there's any kind of shopping and stuff you want to do, go ahead and do that on your own time. If you want, you can deduct that money. I put that up in Discord, and we will see your character, hopefully, in the charity game. Alrighty, sounds good. Oh, one last thing I forgot to say. Uh, so everybody knows the charity game will be taking place at level four, so go ahead and level up your character, Virgil. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. If you would like to join the game and support the podcast, visit our Patreon account at patreon.com slash adventuringguild. And there you can pledge to either become a sponsor or a player or both if you like. So thank you all very, very much for listening, and we hope you join us again next week.